Do, 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 do. Hank Williams Jr., how you doing? How you doing, man? <laughs> What's up, Zach? Dude, just a little excited about a game we like to call American football. Bro, we've had so much football within the past week. Um, I've had to change my underwear at least 19 times. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Um, I would like to say that I changed my underwear, but I didn't. I'm still sitting in my dirty You just kept the same old crusty cum uh, (laughs) pants on the whole time, didn't you? Oh, you know it. I like to... (laughs) The fuck was that? I don't know. I like to... uh, (laughs) I like to bask in my manness. At, <laughs> like at some point, does it just feel like when you peel off your cum-stained fucking underwear, is it just like a fucking pulling off a scab? It's kind of like if you use too much starch. Too much starch? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It starts to harden and it's a little crusty. You have to get the jizzle. <laughs> that is one of the grossest TikToks you've ever sent me. That was originally a YouTube video. And they just adapted it. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm excited like to announce. Self-respecting Texan should have a cowboy hat. I totally agree with you. I on mean, that. I'm not necessarily a Cowboys fan. I'm not a Cowboys hater. I would say. So when if, if you and the fam go to uh, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, do you wear a cowboy hat? One hundred percent. I wear a cowboy hat. I wear a belt buckle. I wear my so, uh, fake ass cowboy boots. So I'm I'm about to uh, hit you with a question and see if you're a true Texan. I'm probably all right. What time of year are you allowed to wear a black felt hat? Oh, see, I don't even know. See, that's a winter hat. Well, so from what I understand, though, this is just a dress hat. That is also true. But the, the brown, like. Stetson hat, I think, is more of a dress hat than the black one. I guess it depends on your suit. Well, right. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to wear, like, if I wore this, obviously I'd have to wear black boots. But the problem is that I have brown boots, so yeah. I look like an idiot. But I don't have any black shoes as far as dress shoes whatsoever. If I get dressed, I have to make sure they go with my brown boots. I have I have one pair of black shoes just for, you know, dressing up at work or whatever, but um, I have a pair of br- black shoes, a pair of brown shoes, and I have a belt that's reversible. <laughs> I feel like you're about to give us like the the high school Friday night breakdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like I look like the guy that does play to play or play by play on fucking varsity blues. <laughs> you you do the radio show for a two A high school uh, team. Hey, well, now we got in uh, Jonathan Moxon, and uh, <laughs> you've taken more snaps than he has. <laughs> Those of y'all who are just listening to the audio, Zach and all his immaculate beard with his uh, Stetson hat on um, and aviator sunglasses, just I'm, I can't control myself. I'm glad I'm in a separate location because I would probably be all over them right now. Hey, it's fine. I, I make babies too. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so we're going to open our show off with a little interaction with the uh, the peeps, the people yeah that listen to us, which shout out to each and every one of y'all. Y'all know who you are because you're listening to us right now. So um, Twitter and Facebook, we put out a post. Um, which athlete do you hate the most? And surprisingly, it, there are some good ones on there. Um, before we dive into it, do you have who do you hate the most as far as athletes? I mean, 
so hate is such a strong word. Okay. The way that I look at it is who's the biggest douchebag? Right. And the deal is, though, is that sometimes the biggest douchebag is on a team that you really like. Okay. And so you just tolerate their douchebagginess. Douchebagginess, right? So, um, like, the first name that comes to mind is a player. I don't hate him, but I feel like if you are, you know, a hater of the Houston Astros, which a lot of these fucking people are nowadays, um, Carlos Correa is somebody that is kind of a doucher. Um, but but at, at the for, moment, he has the right to be a doucher, right? Well, the way I mean, that he's been playing this season? I mean, he's still only hitting 274, so, you know, there's that. But defensively, right. he looks amazing. Right. But what I'm saying is, though, is that, like, he just has that attitude, like, I'm the best there ever was. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence, like that kind of – and that's that's usually – so, like, to me – the player that I hate the most is Aaron Judge. Okay. I feel like he's the biggest bitch. I mean, literally, he probably <laughs> is the biggest one. But he, yeah, he he's just like his age shows a lot in the way he plays and the way he communicates post-game and pre-game. And he he's just somebody who is a complete child when it comes to everything. He doesn't know how to take losing well. He doesn't know how to – his mocking of people is idiotic. He doesn't know how to stand up for what he's doing. Um, like the whole thing when he was in Houston and grabbing his jersey while he crossed third base when he hit a home run. Oh, it's chilly in there. No, dude. Look, man up. You think that your boy Altuve cheated. Man up. Say something. Drop exactly. your nuts. And, and I would have had so much more respect for him if he would have just come out and been like – you know what that was about. Right. Right. Or if he just said, fuck Altuve. Like, either way, like, I'm okay with that. But when you say, oh, it's a, it's a little little cold in there. Like, don't be a but, don't be a stupid bitch. Like, that's stupid. See, player-wise, I can't, like, back in the day, RIP, dude, I couldn't stand Kobe. Kobe, I hate but him. It's, I, if he played for your team, though, you would have loved him. Absolutely. But and as a player... He was the sole purpose on why the Rockets never advanced in the playoffs because every time the Rockets played him, he would demolish him. And, yeah, Shaq was on the team and this and that, but Kobe was so good that, if he, like you said, if he wasn't on your team, you had to hate him, yeah. right? Whereas <clears throat> today, people always attack me. They're like, Ed, you hate LeBron James so much. I was like, his play, I respect his game hands down. Most dominating player around. Off the court, I can't stand the son of a bitch. Well, I can't. So even off the court, like. And he know. does a I, lot of I good like stuff off the does. court, too. He does really good stuff off the court. I'll I'm give him that. I'm going to knock him. But I'm also, that, I'm also that guy that, like, I don't care what you say off the court. Like, I, right. Or off the field or whatever. I don't, I don't care. Um, I understand that. I mean, look at what we're doing. We're giving right. our opinion on a podcast. Right. Like, so, like, we're looking for people to hear us. True. Right? And so, what I'm saying is, is that he's a person just like we are. Absolutely. He's got an opinion. He's got things that he wants to say. And the, the thing is, there are millions of people that are just like him, you know, that grew up just like him, that want to hear the encouragement, that want to hear, 
hey, you know, if you do this, then this is what you can do. And he's the only person that I can really point to that is walking the walk, right? He, yeah, he talked but... all kinds of stuff about not, you know, players not turning around and giving a hand out to the, the guys behind him. He's building schools and he's doing stuff that's, that's incredible. But now, I mean, there, there are other options or I mean, other spots where he doesn't know the full story and then throws his opinion out there and the media runs away with it. Like God just handed down the 10 commandments mm-hmm. and they're just so like, this is how it should be because LeBron James said so. And maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not that I hate LeBron. LeBron James so much. I hate that the fact that the media and some of the fans just take what he says and runs with it. Like yeah, it's gospel. N- nothing else is wrong because Lord James said so. Well, um, the reason why I don't like him is because he bitches about the rules in the NBA. And, yes. And then and when the they change season, he bitches against the rules they change to accommodate him. Oh, we don't want a long season. Okay, here's a 70-game season, but you have to turn around and play a full season after that. Well, that's just stupid. We shouldn't have to do that. Right, and then the whole play-in game to the playoffs. Well, right. we should be able to play into the playoffs, and then the next season, that's dumb. I don't well, know why be- they're doing that. Because his team was on the brink of getting knocked out. Exactly. And it's because so. it was all – the problem with it is that it's he's not doing it in fairness for the NBA. He's just looking at it for himself. Correct. And so, so some, like, that's not a very good ambassador of the game to act that way. I, I don't look to him as a representative of the NBA because no. the NBA, uh, and a lot of fans will agree, have started to go downhill based off of their rep, represent, rep, blah, 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 can't say the word right now. <laughs> rep, representation? There, there we go. go. Um, some of the fans, uh, the listeners, uh, we've got can one. We, we, yeah. Okay. Uh, so some of the fans have come out, and uh, first one from Gerardo, he puts the L.A. Dodgers, which I think we both agree, like, yes. the uh, Oh, as a team? Yeah, yes. I hate the L.A. Dodgers. Um, next we got from Michael Ripley, we got the Yankees and LeBron. I can agree with both of those. Yep. Uh, Crystal Coburn, we have LeBron James, hands down. I can't even see what these things on. And then Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Burr, we got – uh, I love to hate Rashid. Rashid, I can't talk this morning. Ah! Uh, Rashid Wallace and Draymond Green. I can agree with Draymond's just a douche. Dude, so I don't understand the appeal from Dray. Like, why do people gravitate to Draymond Green? Because like, he's, he's only good he in this era. When he talks, if he's he, an idiot. But he's also a great defensive player. No, he's only great now. What, do you mean? what I'm saying is, like, if he had to guard like Jordan or Shaq or David Robinson, See, he would be shit. I, I'm, I'm going to jump on you right there because I'm one of those fans to where like people want to be like, "Oh, MJ's better than LeBron." You can't say that because we'll never find out because right, it's no, two separate different like, errors of games. No, but what I'm saying is though is that Draymond Green and people that are supporting him are coming out and saying that Draymond Green could have guarded Shaq in his prime. He has the height. No, he has a, there, look, that guy is soft he just doesn't as have the fucking body. Charmin. <laughs> there is no, there's nothing about his game that is Bill Lambeer dominant. That's not going to happen. No. So, and like, um, let me just tell you this. I don't know. Do he you reminds think, me more of like Charles Barkley. Do you think that, that Draymond Green would stand a chance against somebody like 
Hakeem Olajuwon? No. Yes. Hakeem Olajuwon would dominate. Hakeem Olajuwon defeated Shaq and Michael Jordan. Like, nobody could stop him. Like I, Draymond Green is a bitch. He gets way too much credit. Yeah. He was on a team where he basically oh. had to rebound and foul people so that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry could shoot the fucking lights out. Yeah. But so, also, I mean, he has to be a factor for that to happen, right? I mean, yeah, because Draymond Green and Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson can't do it by themselves. Right. But and then you have KD on there as the well. Basketball and kick it up to those guys. And those guys made threes for the rest of their lives. True. By the way, unpopular take, Clay Thompson's a better shooter than uh, Steph Curry, but whatever. Oh, so I can't wait um, to read the hate mail on that. Uh, you know, and like, what's funny though is that Steph Steph Curry is like this huge, like, look at me type guy, and I I actually I love every minute of it because I remember him in college, and nobody was going to give him a shot, no. and I I remember me saying, I don't know, like the guy can shoot. If you can create your own shot in the NBA and you make it, you can go a long way. Look at Robert Ory, right? Robert Ory. Now, now, Robert Ory was a peripheral guy. Like, he was a side piece that just, you know, made everything better. Steph Curry was a focal point, right? But, I mean, when you're a focal point that shoots, what, 60% from three, I mean, that's just – that's great. Mm, you talk he's an, he's an all-time great. I just like giving him shit. Absolutely. Well, if you're going to dive into sports, you ready to do this shit? Dude, I forgot that we didn't even technically start it yet. Hit it. Woo! Ow! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Two Wanna Be Athletes Talk Sports. I'm Ed. I'm Zach. And here we are again, assholes, for another episode. Welcome. Bro, I've ha- I'm- I still have the chills from... Last night, ending week one of college football. Um, this has been the most exciting past four days for me uh, that I've had in a while. I'd almost say it's better than the birth of my daughter and my son combined with a ham sandwich, right? Uh, I um, mean, no. I'm not going to well, go that far. I know. I know. Jeebus. But. It, it was a fun weekend. Oh, it was definitely nice to watch live football from some crowd. big name teams, you know? The crowds were there in full capacity, drunk off their asses and half naked, men and women. Uh, like, I, I wish – every game I watched, I wish I was at. I watched Sam versus um, Arizona something, New Mexico something. I don't know. They demolished them. I wish I was at that game. I watched um, – the Alabama Miami game. I wish I was at that game. I watched A and M versus Kent. I wish I was at that game. Like there were so many games I watched. I was like, I wish I was there because just the atmosphere. I wasn't getting the full embodiment of it through my phone or the television. A and M versus Kent. Yes. Um, if you didn't watch it, the first half, Kent showed up like they were going to take this thing away from A and M. But of course, A and M came out in the second half and just destroyed them. Um, but it was a game to where I thought A&M was going to lose first game of the week and I was going to laugh my ass off. Now, I know Aggies are listening to this. No, 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 no. A lot of Aggie fans that I've talked to are putting that the Aggies are going to go like 10-2, and 11-1. Uh, if you believe that, good for you. All right? I mean, good I think you. that's that's just 
A&M, that's just Aggie fan just being Aggie fan. I mean, that's, A couple Aggie fans I've talked to have already said that they're going to go into the playoffs and win the national championship. No, um, like they had – I would listen to a, an outside argument for last year that they had a shot, right? Like you at least had something to talk about. But at the end of the day, the four teams that made the playoffs were head and shoulders above Texas A&M. So, I mean – they would have been demolished. It would have been just like it, the exact same outcome would have happened. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, after watching Alabama this past Saturday, um, nobody is stopping Alabama. And everybody, uh, just calm your tits before you jump onto me. Oh, well, they played Miami. Miami was ranked 14. Oh, well, it's a weak Miami. I don't give a fuck if it was a weak Miami. They destroyed them. It doesn't Bryce matter. Bryce came out there and threw his dick down Dude. and – just was Alabama is just better at every position. It it's like crazy. across the board, right? Like so, they may not have the number one wide receiver in the country, right? But they have like two, three, and four, right? Yes. They may not have the number one tight end in the country, but they have two, three, and four, right? So they're just so good, and everyone wants to play for Nick Saban because they want a ring, they want a national title, and they don't care that they could be a five-star recruit and they're going to sit the bench for a year. Yep. They don't care. They're waiting for their chance. And then do look you, what happens. They get their think, shot and they fucking show out, man. That that team was ready to go. They dominated from the first snap. The quarterback looked great. The tight Bryce end Young looked was, great. The running game looked good. The defense was, like, shutting everything down. And Derek King for Miami – He's a very mobile quarterback. He's a hell of an athlete. Yes. And he looked subpar against that he, defense. He couldn't handle that defense. That no. defense was just dominating him. You know, um, and, like, I would say that that was a disappointing performance, but I, I don't think it was. I don't think that's indicative no. of who Derek King is or who Miami is going to be going forward. I think they just they ran into a juggernaut of Alabama and they got throttled, I, man. I think we're going to see some good things out of Miami. I don't see them breaking the top 10 as far as ranking. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to see them put on a, a show this season. I haven't really looked at their schedule to see what they've got coming up. But, um, I mean, like you said, they faced a juggernaut. It's going to be hard to, to, to beat an Alabama team that was that strong. Um, the takeout from, and I know I'm riding Alabama's cock right now, uh, <laughs> but Cameron Leitu, I believe the name is, they're the tied, tied in. in. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like, as soon as he scored his second touchdown, I blew my load and I was like, all right, he's a first round draft pick. I'm I, calling it right so now. So I didn't want to say that, but that you blew yeah. your load? Uh, well, no, I, I don't have a problem saying that. I'm saying yeah. I don't want to make a bold statement where he's going to be a top. Like a first round bout or a first round uh, tight end drafted. I don't see him is. going. I don't see him going in the top ten. No, I, I, he's a late first rounder, but he's still a first rounder at that. He's six yeah. five, two hundred and fifty pounds, two hundred and fifty five pounds, something like that. The dude can block. The dude has hands, and he knows how to make moves once he has the ball. So, um, I'm just saying, be on the lookout for him. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um. I, I didn't want to say, like like you said, I didn't want to make a bold statement after one game, but he looked polished. All his yes. routes were good. His hands were good. His, he was physical after he caught the football. We had two touchdown catches. Is that correct? Yep. So, I mean, and he looked like a go-to guy. So, 
uh, I think he's gonna he's definitely going to excel at the next level. Um, the other tight end that I noticed that stood out was Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Yep. Um, he did have one pretty awful drop that almost cost him the game, but the rest of the game he was phenomenal. I mean, there was a busted coverage on their first drive. He scored a 41-yard touchdown. I mean, he just completely fooled the defense, ran like a basic smash route, and nobody was within 20 yards of him. But on the rest of the game, he was very physical across the middle. Linebackers couldn't stay with him. Safeties couldn't cover him. Like, he he looked like the real deal. He might be another guy that's, you know, if not a first-round draft pick, but definitely second-round talent for sure. Yes, um, um, he's six four, two fifty. He looks I'm, very fast. So. I didn't bring my notes with me. I'm so unprepared. I'm so unprofessional. That's all but right. um, You're frozen, the, the running back from uh, UCLA. Uh, I can't even think of his name right now. Oh, I didn't even watch that game, bro. UCLA. Like I, I, I put it on Twitter. I was asking if we should take UCLA serious, and people were like, no. No, I'm like, I don't I think don't. You can, but I mean, I mean, they beat LSU, ranked LSU. They beat them, thirty-eight twenty-seven, and people are just like, no, you can't take UCLA serious, and no. LSU is just not the same as it was before. Zach Carbonet, Carbonet. Uh, let let me just Char- give you Char- Charbonnet, right? Charbonnet, sure. I don't know I'm, how to pronounce it, but I'm, I'm an idiot, Carbonet. anyways. Let let me give you a little insight on this kid. All right. Okay. I got to take these off just because. You got to read. In, in 2020, he had 19 attempts for 124 yards. Okay. Just this season, six, or that was, they haven't even updated this. He's had 17 attempts for 223 yards and four touchdowns. Wow. They've played two games and he's already had four touchdowns. Uh, he's a junior, 6'1, 220, out of Carmelo, California. Okay. Um, this kid, like, I watched him against Hawaii, and I, I was posting stuff on Facebook or Twitter, and, like, people were just like, I don't understand why you're watching that game. It's UCLA, and it's Hawaii. Hawaii's garbage, which I will agree with. Hawaii's wide receivers are have no hands whatsoever. I don't understand what kind of coconuts they're throwing out there, but um, it, it's not working for them. But this kid, Zach Carbonet, Charbonnet, Chobara, yeah. uh, you hands down, you have to watch this kid. This kid is – he, he's making moves. He's powering through uh, the O-line. He's going out, catching receptions, and making plays, man. Um, last game, he went one for 35 on receptions. Uh, rushing, he was 11 for 117 with a touchdown. So, he he got three touchdowns his first game against Hawaii. Uh, it's crazy. So, um, so, we'll have to look out for him. You think he's – Somebody we need to watch for for like Heisman type stuff. Or? No, no. Uh, okay. I'm if if he's to go into the draft and not do his senior year, I'd probably put him as a second or a third round. Um, I'm just saying this season, as far as college football, he's he's a fun player to watch. Okay. Um, with that, do you have a player of the week? So yes, my player of the week is Desmond Riddler. Uh, no, Desmond Rock. I don't know how to say his last name. It's either Ritter or it's Riddler. Well, no, there's no L, so I'm just an idiot. It's Ritter. Okay. R-I-D-D-E-R. He's a quarterback for your, well, previous before, or before this this week, he was, they were ranked eighth. But the eighth-ranked eighth Cincinnati Bearcats 
Yep. Um, he just almost threw for 300 yards, but he had four touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing. He did throw one interception, but oh my God, he was 20 of 25. He was phenomenal, had a great game. Cincinnati is a team that I think we need to watch for. Um, I don't know, man. He he looked better than some of these Heisman, you know, Heisman candidate quarterbacks. Um, I mean, obviously Bryce Young was good, but the you know, Spencer Rattler looked like shit. And then the uh the quarterback for Clemson was just blitzed out of his mind, so it was hard for him to do anything. But this kid seemingly came out of nowhere and 20 to 25, I don't know if you're, you know, good at math, but that's pretty good. I'd, I'd say so. So uh, I'm going to pick him. I mean, I guess I alluded to it already. My disappointment for the week was Spencer Rattler. Oh, um, wow. So clearly they won the game, but they won 40 to 35. Against Tulane? Against Tulane. So he was 30. Tulane? Yeah. He was 30 of 39, which is acceptable. He had one touchdown pass, but he had two interceptions. And that's been the problem with him is that he he doesn't I, – I don't know. So I watched him on the quarterback one thing on Netflix. And that was – I don't know if you're familiar with quarterback one, but quarterback one is – or it's QB one. It's a Netflix show that they followed high school quarterbacks. They followed Justin Fields, Spencer Rattler, and Jake Fromm. Okay. There was a couple other guys that they followed, but um, anyway, the, the point was is that Spencer Rattler in high school, you know, he went to high school in Las Vegas, and he was already, like, wearing Oklahoma stuff to practice. And his coach would tell him, dude, don't bring that stuff in here. Don't be looking forward. Like, you need to be taking care of business today. And needless to say, the kid didn't listen. He did what he wanted. And it seems like, even in games, he would just do what he wanted. The coach would call a play, and he'd be like, that's a stupid play. We're not running that. We're going to do something different. And he would change the play, and he, would, he just wouldn't listen. And so it seems like now in this season, he's making the exact same mistakes that he's been making by trying to force the ball and not really reading the defense or going with his first read. And even if it's not open, he's still trying to throw it. So, I mean – yeah, 30 of 39 looks pretty good on paper, but when you're giving the ball to the other team, you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. So he also – he was the favorite to win um, the Heisman. Now, after this, his uh, his odds have fallen. Now he's plus 550. Ooh. So that's pretty pretty hard fall. I wonder if their rankings going to fall at all. I mean, they, they have, should. It's Tulane. They have them at number two, right? Ranked. I don't even think Tulane can play in the championship, can they? No. So, they should. So, I'll leave with my disappointment of the week, and mine is Sam Howell from North Carolina. Uh, 17 Ooh. for 32, 208, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Um, his team was ranked 10th in the nation, and they lost Virginia Tech 17 to 10. Yeah. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know, Sam Howell is a quarterback that they're listing as a, fir- a top-tier first-round draft pick. Yeah. And his I think he was a favorite to go number one. Yes. And after watching him, um, no, 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 no. I can't stress this enough. No. Um, 
same thing as you said with uh, Spencer Rattler. Like, when you're giving the ball away that much, like, shame on you. Like, yeah. you, you have all this hype. And, again, this goes back to our talk long before, like, before this past draft, to where they put so much hype into these quarterbacks because they have to talk about something, right? So, yeah. at this point, I think they're just putting names in a hat and pulling it out and going, Sam Howe. That sounds like an American name. Let's go ahead and say Sam Howell is going to be a first-round draft pick. Well, I mean, uh, I think you look at more than just, you know, the name. Obviously, they're looking at measurables. They're looking at has, how his past performance is. I, I know that. I'm just saying, though. But, yeah. like, look at this. One game into the season, three interceptions. You know how many interceptions he threw in 2020? Five? Seven. Seven. Okay. You know how many he threw in 2019? Seven. We still got a long season to go, and he's already three deep. Well, I mean, but if let's just say this though: if he goes the rest of the season and he doesn't hit seven interceptions, probably pretty good. Then we can call it a win. But after this first game, oh, he definitely garbage. needs to bounce back after a performance like that for sure. Flip it around to my favorite pick for the week. This player, hands down, did phenomenal work. And I'm not talking about Bryce Young. I'm not talking about. Anybody from Alabama, I'm going to Iowa. I'm talking about Riley Moss. Riley Moss, right. defensive back, two picks, two six or two touchdowns. Wow. He ran them both back. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if y'all realize how hard first to get an interception. Yeah. Then to run that motherfucker back twice. Twice. Wow. Twice. That's good stuff. Dude, hands down. I'm I'm watching Iowa football this season. They're they're looking sharp. Um, they might be a secret weapon out there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, but y'all need to keep an eye out on on them. Um, do you have any favorite games for the week? I mean, so I watched. Okay, full disclosure. I mean, based on my hat, I am in Texas. I am a Texas Tech fan. Ooh. I watched Texas Tech play U of H. That was a great game. Um, I say U of H, University of Houston. Sorry, where we're from, it's called U of H. Um, so I watched that game, and uh, Tech is not necessarily known as a defensive team, but um, that was one of the great games. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to talk about Notre Dame and Florida State. That was a, clearly that was a great game. It was on prime time. You know, two nationally known programs. I thought whatever. Florida State was going to come out with that one. But U of H and Texas Tech put on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, well, I guess U of H had the had the ball for the entire first quarter. Um, they were up seven to nothing, and then they did an onside kick and they got it back. Yep. And then um, they ended up going up fourteen to nothing. Tech scored. It was 14 to seven. And then at halftime, it was 21 seven. Um, and then after that, all hell broke loose. Um, Tech scored and then got a pick six, tied the game with like eight minutes left to go in the third quarter. So they did it really quick. Um, and then they kind of battled back and forth. Both quarterbacks didn't really have good showings. Uh, U of H quarterback was picked off a handful of times. So, I mean, it was a very – after that, after the first 21 points for both teams, it was a defensive struggle. And then eventually Tech just pulled away, uh, ended up winning by 10. So it was a great game, like back and forth battle. It looked like going into halftime, U of H clearly had control. 
And then whatever they said in the locker room at halftime to Tech, Tech came out fighting and they they battled back. They ended up taking the game. That's pretty cool. That was a fun game to watch. Like watching that one, I know I was texting you back and forth on that one. And just like – I couldn't – that was a nail-biting game to where no matter who came out and won that game, I was going to be happy with it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. That was one of my favorite games through this week. I'm going with Georgia-Clemson. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, they're top-tier teams. Is it? Did you watch the fucking game? That was a great game. The reason why I liked it, pure defense. It was a, yeah. such a defensive game. And I'm going to tell you right now, for those non-believers, Georgia at five – you need to have some respect on that shit because their defense is fast. They're powerful. They're going to hurt a lot of people this season. Oh, yeah. um, and and with, Clemson, Clemson's no slouch on offense. I mean, no. um, quarterback, I mean, he had a, a kind of a bad performance, but their quarterback right now is number three in the Heisman Trophy rankings, like the betting don't so, even try. You can't even pay me to pay, say his last name. Oh it's, yeah, no. Luka, 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 I think Luka. he's from Hawaii. That's why we can't say it. But um, yeah, I, the, that offense is no slouch, and no. Georgia made them look like a high school team. the The embarrassing thing is the quarterback. Uh, he has negative twenty two rushing yards yeah. for Clemson. Well, I mean, that tends to happen when um, you get knocked down. <laughs> still, though, like Clemson. You as you watch the game, you could see that they were trying to change their offense on the fly to try to make something work. And Georgia was just so easily adapting to every change. Like they came in as if they already had Clemson's playbook and they were just stopping everything. Yeah. Um it was it I was wish weird I would have got his what's that? It was, it was weird to see uh Debo uh, uh, uh Debo's what's what's the hell's his name? Um Dabo a Dabo Sweeney coach yeah. team not prepared it, but they were not prepared for the studs that play defense for Georgia. dude some of the edge rushing that came off Georgia like there was one play to where they edge rushed and demolished the quarterback and I I've never seen a linebacker run as fast as that now maybe ABC fast forwarded it or something but this kid <laughs> was like zooming and he looked nothing short of 280 um such a great game. I, I was thoroughly impressed with it. I'm glad it wasn't a blowout. Georgia won 10-3 for those of y'all who are sleeping in the caves. Um, <laughs> it was a fun game to watch. Fun. And, all again, this whole week was fun watching football. Yeah, Ohio was State a lot over of Minnesota games. is one of my honorable mentions because I thought Minnesota put up a hell of a fight against Ohio State. Now, talking to my, in-source, my source at Ohio State – they were missing two linebackers there. Their star wide receiver wasn't getting any targets. Um, so maybe we're going to see a different Ohio State as the season progresses. I mean, I'm not seeing them lose a lot of games because no. it's, shit, it's Ohio State. Right. But Minnesota gave them a fucking game. I mean, at um, the end of the day, it's Ohio State. You're right. We're going to see Ohio State in the playoff. We're going to go ahead and pencil them in. Yes. Um, Alabama is going to be there and Ohio State's going to be there. It's just a, a matter of who they're going to play. Um, th- those two teams are powerhouses. It seems like we always have a conversation about one game that Ohio State plays, and it probably is going to do them a favor if it's only this game. Mm. If this is the only game that we have to discuss and they ended up pulling it out and they ended up winning by double digits, I, I think that they're going to have a pretty damn good case for being yes. in the playoffs. Your video is frozen. Um, honorable mentions are yeah. going to be uh, Penn State over Wisconsin. 
which 16-10, nobody expected that one. Um, Penn State, by the way, the defense had to stop the – who did they play? Uh, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin had the ball in the red zone or just outside the red zone twice in the fourth quarter, only down by six, and they came away with interceptions by linebackers both times. That defense was stout. Their offense is a little, little not very good, a little uh, stagnant, but their defense was great. Um, UCLA over LSU is something that people need to talk about. Iowa over Indiana, 18 over 17. Uh, again, I've already mentioned Iowa. I think that they're going to be a team that we need to watch. I don't see them as a playoff team, but I do see them moving up through the ranks to where they're potentially going to be within a top 10 team. Um, they're just – Amazing. Montana over Washington. If you bet this one on Montana, you got paid. Uh, <laughs> nobody expected Washington to lose this game because it's a scrub uh, versus Washington, and Montana came out 113-7. Uh, Texas over Louisiana. That was a fun game to watch because of the fact that, like, Louisiana in the first half made it to where you're like, uh, is UT going to lose? They're going well, to start talking like about UT... all this SEC shit, and then they're going to lose to fucking Louisiana? Well, but UT has been that, that team where it's been, what, 10 years since they were actually like relevant. And every year they always have somebody come out and be like, Texas is back. Uh, I don't think so. No. Um, now, in this game, uh, they did have that sense of like, oh, shit, are they going to lose their opener? And yes. it's like the whole season is just going to be done or what? But they ended up pulling it off. Um they won 38-18 over Louisiana. Louisiana was ranked, right? So they're 23rd, but still a ranked team. So, I mean, that's 23rd out of the nation. That's a pretty good ranking. And but, I'll give um, it to Hudson Carr. Hudson Carr looked comfortable. It's just the rest of his team wasn't doing much. Well, so, so. I was going to say I disagree with you on that. Hudson Card, obviously, he's a hometown boy for Austin. They want him to do great. And, you know, he's taken over for the Sam Ellinger guy. The only quarterback in the history of Texas that has better stats than Sam Ellinger is Colt McCoy. So it's pretty big shoes to fill. But that's a kid that grew up in Austin. He knows what he's doing. He knows what the program's about. He knows. God, all I can't the imagine the workouts he's had with just some of the alumni that have oh, come through. Right. There. I mean, like, you know, guys that went to that school are, you know, forever written in NFL history, much less Texas football history. So. You think you know, him and it, McConaughey big, are homeboys? But, like, the the guy that I take out of this game is Bijan Robinson. Oh, okay. So, he's the uh, he's the running back for Texas, number five. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you watched the game, like, all the way through, but that was the one star that I thought, that guy looks really good. Um, he – comes in on your your Heisman Trophy uh, Heisman Trophy standings or finals or whatever. He's plus 2,800, but he's in the top 10, and he's the first non-quarterback that they're saying might win the Heisman. I'm not giving it to him. Well, I mean, Texas Averaging, has a pretty good pedigree of running backs. I Yes, but, I mean, his first game, like, I, I, I see where you're at on it, but he's averaging five-something – a carry. Um, I mean, you, you can tell that Texas is already laying out the the blueprints that they're going to be a, try to be a running team. Now, well, granted, yeah, he you, had twenty carries for one hundred and three yards. Right. 
But, um, I mean, they, 20 touches for a running back, that's a shit ton. In that's a lot. You're putting in way too much work on him. And you, like you said, you have depth at running back, and your other two running backs combined for 68 yards. Come on, man. I get he's a workhorse, but you can't work him to death. Yeah, well, and I feel like because he's going to get a lot of touches, he's somebody to look at because not everyone on Texas' schedule is going to be a juggernaut defense, right? That's so true. If he gets 20 carries against, you know, most of those other teams in the, the Big 12 or whatever the hell they're calling it now, if he gets those carries against those teams, they don't even play defense. So 20 carries against them could be 300 yards. So uh, that's just – I'm just saying that's one guy to kind of – he's a dark horse. I agree with you. I probably it's twenty eight hundred dollars or twenty place twenty eight hundred. They don't make those those odds because he's guaranteed to win. Right, he's an outside shot, but I'm saying there's a little value on him just based on how much they used him. I'm gonna I'm gonna look research their schedule and watch week two. If week two he just goes off, I'm putting a hundred down on it. Okay, Call I mean it. that's probably not a bad idea. Calling it now. Um, last game I want to talk about was Notre Dame Florida State epic game. I'm not a fan of either one, but I wanted Florida State to come out on this one. Whenever they had their uh, quarterback come in, uh, Milton, I think he came in in like the fourth. Mackenzie oh, Milton. Oh, yeah, yeah, for Florida. Uh, and brought this team back. They went on, in the fourth quarter, they went in on an 18-point uh, run against Notre Dame. And I was like, oh, shit, they're making this into a fucking game. I'm on Facebook. I'm posting shit left and right. Um, and – some people are just like, you can't get excited about it. Notre Dame is going to win it. And if Florida – they go into overtime and Florida State's uh, kicker misses a field goal. I don't remember the yardage on it. Gives the ball back to Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they get shut down. They kick, win the game. It was a nail-biter. It kept you at the edge of your seats. It's what football's supposed to be, along with a lot of the games that we've mentioned uh, that happened this past week. Fun week of college football. God damn, it was so much fun. Um Zach, real quick, do you have a game for week two? Uh, I I don't. Um, I was reading about that that uh, Milton kid, Mackenzie Milton. Um, I guess he was in a car accident, almost had his leg amputated. Yep, that was his first football game in a thousand days. Yep. Uh, I didn't know that till right now. So that's pretty incredible. Um, my hats off to him. Let me do it for real. Hats off to you, bud. That's a hell of a thing to come back from almost losing your leg. I couldn't even imagine. And we know he's a listener Damn. of the show, so shout out to him. Dude, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, let me get into the uh, the schedule here for college football. Um, I didn't really have anything off the top of my head. Um, I'm looking at Ohio State and Oregon, mainly because it's one of the only two ranked teams that are playing this week but I I'm kind of a fan of Oregon football right now they're they're looking okay uh it's pretty good in this, this last week I mean their, right. their quarterback definitely is athletic he can run now granted he, they played Fresno State but they they came out and fought against them he he went uh what's his name Brown uh Anthony Brown he went 15 for 24 172 with one touchdown uh no interceptions um, he spread the ball pretty well, it seems. And, I mean, it, it's just going to be an interesting game. I, I feel like watching Ohio State go against another 
a ranked team like this is going to set the tone for what to expect from Ohio football. Like you already said, I expect Ohio state to be in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I, I um, wouldn't pencil them in. I think that they're just going to be there. There's nothing. I mean, obviously barring injury or like a huge upset, they're going to be in the playoff. Uh, matter of fact, you say injury. Uh, well, never mind. That's for Minnesota. Their running back is out for the season. Uh, he had leg injury in that game, but he did pretty well. The kid I'm watching from Ohio State is, I want to say it's Chris Olave, uh, wide receiver, four receptions, 117 yards for two touchdowns. Um, kid was a stud. He he was making moves, um, dodging defenders easily. Like, there was one player, I remember, he caught, did a spin move, then juked another uh, defender and took it to the house. Just like, it looked like he was on Madden already. Um uh, <laughs> So Ohio State, Oregon. I'm going to Ohio State on that game. Okay, I'm I'm looking through the schedule. I think there's a game that probably not a lot of people are going to watch. That's it's going to be a really good test. Um, Tulsa at Oklahoma State. Ooh. So I'm picking that game because not only is it an in-state rival, mm. right? Where you know the kids probably grew up playing each other in high school, right? Also, they're gonna they're probably gonna see each other in their neighborhoods, like around Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. They want those bragging rights. But on top of that, um, Oklahoma State was a team last year that many thought were you know pretty good. They should have been a little higher in the rankings. And this season, they started out just outside of the top twenty five, um, like in the the coaches poll or whatever. So <clears throat> they weren't they're not starting the season as a ranked team. But they've got some players on that roster. And so I think this will be a good test to see who Oklahoma State actually is. Um, They almost lost their last game. Yes. Um, They were playing a nobody, uh, Missouri State. They barely eked out a victory, 23-16. to So, yes, they got the win and their season continues. But if they don't get their shit together, Tulsa's going to knock their dick in the dirt, man. They, oh, Oklahoma State needs to get something together because you look at the future, Oklahoma State's going to have to probably be the face of the Big 12. If it not, it has to be Texas Tech. Um, yes, both those teams have to do something. They have to step up and show why Big 12 needs to stay together, right? Yeah. And I know they're out recruiting other teams right now to join. I know U of H is on the table and some others. Yeah, U of H and Central Florida and Cincinnati – and there's another team that I can't remember. but You've got to show Oklahoma and Texas a, a division to where, hey, you're leaving something that's already great. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, in my eyes, are the two teams that need to come out and do that. Now, I know there are other teams, and I know, oh, you're from Texas. That's why you're saying them. Shut, shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> um, I know there are other you, big teams. You, you just sound stupid. Just, just, just right. shut your mouth. <laughs> Kansas – I'll, I'll watch you during basketball, okay? Right. Uh, TCU hasn't been relevant for a couple of years. Iowa and Iowa State, they could be the face of it because they are ranked teams and they're powerhouses, but you've got to show more to it. You look at the SEC and you throw a dart, you're going to hit a powerhouse team. Yeah. Ooh, but they have Tennessee. Don't sleep on Tennessee, okay? Well, I mean, if you point out Tennessee and Vanderbilt, I'm kind of with you. But Boy. Tennessee has shown – in the past that they deserve to be there. Now I'm not saying they're playoff teams or anything, but they're still not a, a sleeper team, a, a team that you need to sleep on when it comes to college football. Yeah. Right. Um, I guarantee you, you put Tennessee in the big 12, they're number one forever. Yeah. Um, 
West Virginia, I mean, they have flashes here and there. Um, who else we got in there? Texas or Baylor. Baylor hasn't been relevant since RG3. True. Um, Kansas State hasn't been relevant since they had the fat quarterback back in like 98. Uh, well, um, it was like 2005. But whatever. whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. So, Another fun week of college football coming up starting, I guess, Thursday. Um, Looking forward to that. Uh, Before we move on, unless you have something else to say. Well, no, I was going to transition into it. I was going to say, you know, we're starting a new season, but there's a couple motorsport seasons that are ending up. There's some some motocross and some NASCAR. And uh, I guess we've got something set up for that. Yeah, let's swing it over to two-stroke Joe. What you got, Joe? What is it? Uh, Motorsports update. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Zach and Ed, for giving me another shot to bring your listeners Two Stroke Joe's Motorsports update. Currently taking a break from some two stroke motocross maintenance and thinking about how cool boobs are. So let's talk some racing. We start with F1. At the last race in Belgium, Max Verstappen finished on the top step of the podium, followed in second by current series leader Lewis, the ludicrous lookalike Hamilton. The executives for Verstappen's title sponsor, Red Bull, have to be happy with this. I mean, they've got to be over the moon. First, they figured out how to legally market juvenile diabetes and ADHD to preteens in cool-looking cans, all fully legal with no end in sight. Add to that, their primetime driver is only three points back in the championship chase, and they are ecstatic. This is a big deal for so many reasons, but mostly because the cars are so fragile. I mean, they can pull three G's in the corners and they go mock Jesus down the straights, but they're almost paper mache fragile. Like your high school girlfriend's self-esteem fragile at the beach. The the guys who design and build these cars obviously never watched the Academy Award winning classic Days of Thunder, in which America's national treasure, Robert Duvall, drops the knowledge that Rubin is racing. Any contact between F1 cars during a race usually results in clouds of carbon fiber confetti that have nine-figure price tags. So to have two guys this deep into the championship keeping the cars together and battling for the win is awesome. The leader in the series, Lewis Hamilton, he's been on top for years, but Max is the future and Lewis knows it. Uh, You think maybe he's thinking about retirement as he continues to collect neck tats and hand tats and massive chains. I mean, maybe he's thinking rap star or something. I don't know. Moving on to NASCAR, the truly American brand of racing drama, um, the, the Moonshine Heritage Racing League. Uh, we touched last time on their push for more road courses, which is awesome, and it's sorely needed. After watching more of a race than I had previously between bouts of Dino, Dan, and Spider-Man cartoons on YouTube, I think they're on the right track with what they're calling stage races. That's where they bunch the cars up at several points in the race and then make them essentially start again. They cut them loose and carnage ensues. It's kind of like when your wife has two margaritas on date night and you see your sister's name light up on the iPhone, you know it's got the potential to get ugly in a hurry. You don't know which way it's going to go, and that's what NASCAR's doing. They're handing out the agave and hovering over speed dial. NASCAR purists think it's BS. Casual fans probably don't care much, but I like it. Um, the, The intense, close, aggressive racing action is what fans want, and more than that, it'll immobilize a toddler for 10 minutes so I can empty the dishwasher. And finally, speaking of close, intense racing action, 
we turn to the men who ride the chariots of gods, the Lucas AMA Pro Motocross Outdoor Series. We're at the last round at Ironman Raceway in somewhere you fly over, Indiana. Uh, we saw Colorado native Eli Tomac win a close battle with the series leader Dylan Euro Mullet Ferrandis. Uh, he still leads by a lot, and with two races to go, it's going to take a season-ending injury or mechanical catastrophe to keep the Frenchman from winning the whole thing. Uh, you never wish that on anybody, but it's racing. Anything can happen. Some people think that it's his training that makes him so dangerous, but frankly, I think he made a pact with the devil Kenny Loggins, because if he's in 10th or better with 15 minutes to go, everyone ahead of him is in Dylan's danger zone. Captain Crates is just that good. Uh, maybe there's something to an energy drink every now and then in your diet. Having said that, it's cool to see Eli getting in the hunt and mixing it up, but he's in the final few races on his factory Kawasaki contract before he hangs it up with them. Uh, he moves on to Yamaha next year, where he's going to be no competition for his teammate Aaron Plessinger uh, on the mullet or mustache fronts. There's rumor that he may come out as the people's champion and win the battle for popularity and most fun possible by racing the all-new YZ252 stroke, uh, like some random dude on YouTube was claiming, but probably not. I can dream, though. Hey, the only real constant in racing or life is change, right? Hey, this is Two Stroke Joe wishing you guys, till next time, peace and wheelies. I'm out. Thank you, Joe, for that excellent in peace. In, is it called in peace or what? what's it called? I don't know. Uh, excellent peace. I mean, we can call it an excellent peace. That's fine. In peace. I don't know. I, mean, uh, I, I like getting a piece from Joe every once in a while. Joe's a good guy. Joe. Good stuff. Good insight. He, he knows so much. Like he knows the motorsport stuff. Like we know football, right? True. Well, like we pretend to know football. Like he legit. We're doing, we're doing a hell of a job at it too. I think. Well, so but like we played in high school, whatever. Like Joe legit was in motocross. Like he did it. He, he still does it. Time. Well, yeah, he still does. I mean, he still tries to get hurt, but he was he did get hurt. Well, yeah, he is still getting hurt. But Which, hey, like right he, on. He messed his knee up real good on a dirt bike, and you know his wife still lets him do it, which is pretty awesome. Oh, motocross. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I know. Yeah. Usually once you get married, all that shit's done. So we we talked about college football. We're going into week one of the NFL. First game. I'm, I only want to talk about the first game for right now. Yeah. That's Cowboys versus Bucks. Yeah. Um. So right now, well, when we started this show, the line was, Tampa Bay minus seven and a half, and it's moved to minus eight now. Why is that? I'm I'm assuming it's the Zach Martin news. Yep. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. They asked Mike McCarthy yesterday, and basically he's not going to play. Um, he's tested positive for COVID and has not recovered, or maybe he's recovered and he's not outside the window. But um, he will be replaced by Connor McGovern. McGovern. Um, Connor McGovern started last year, eight games for him, um, six games. He actually started, or no, I'm sorry, two games. He actually started alongside Zach Martin. They moved Zach Martin to right tackle and kept McGovern at the right guard. So that way, um, they could move some people around and have more depth at the position. Um, he played, he had eight starts. He played, I think he played in 10 games. Um, he was on the field for 606 snaps. He only allowed three sacks. 
And he allowed three sacks to a quarterback of Andy Dalton, who's not very mobile. Right. So um, well, it could be pretty good. It's a guy that so, the, it's a guy that the Cowboys drafted in the third round, 2019, and then like his second practice, he tore his pectoral muscle. So he's a relatively new guy. This is like his first full off season where he wasn't hurt. So I, I imagine he's going to be pretty prepared for this game. Ezekiel Elliott came out in an interview recently and said that Zach Martin was the best offensive player that they have. So for Zeke to come out and say that, that gives me a lot of scare. I'm scared that the the rushing defense that Tampa Bay has, I'm surprised the line's at eight. I would expect it to be more than that. Um, I mean, yeah, they because, are playing in Tampa Bay, which, you know. But you also look like stuff, Dak's coming off his ankle injury, um, now a, a shoulder injury. There, there really is, and for the line to be that low, like if you're not taking that, you need to you need to take it right now because I think it should be a lot higher. Um, well, I hope it does go higher. I hope you're right. I'm, I'm, I was a better at seven and a half. I would have taken the Cowboys plus seven and a half all day long. Now that it's moved to eight, um, and we're filming this on a Tuesday, so it could actually move between now and game time. The problem is, is that typically. This is the anomaly with this game. So the betting public always wants to bet on Tom Brady, mm-hmm. but they also always want to bet on the Dallas Cowboys. True. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but one thing that I've noticed as I've been watching this over the years, trying to get a better and better handle on the betting scenario, the Dallas Cowboys lines are always jacked up. Yep. And so I think the I think you're right. I think the only reason why that line isn't higher is because they know they can get Cowboy fans to bet right now. Right. So, I mean, once the, once the smart money, like the, the sharps money starts to come in more towards kickoff, you're, I think you're going to see that line move up to nine, nine and a half. And if that happens, I'm a, I'm going to put a big, a big wager down on the Cowboys plus the points. I, I think the rushing defense of Tampa Bay is going to, destroy the Cowboys. I think Dak is going to be so much under pressure. If Mike McCarthy doesn't change it to where he has a short offense, uh, and, I, and I'm referring to like short passes, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're going to see Dak get destroyed. Dak, Dak's season might end after week one. Man, um, I hope not. Like, I hope not. I, I really hope not watching. because I, I want to see how the Cowboys perform a full season with the offense they have. Yeah. I think C.D. Lamb is going to be phenomenal. Uh, Mari Cooper. Amari Cooper is nobody to sleep on. And Zeke has got to prove that he is still a top-tier running back. Last season wasn't his best season. Right. He has to come back strong. But with Zach Martin being out, this this hurts the run game. This hurts protecting your your most uh, expensive asset, yeah. is Dak Prescott. So I, I want to see them succeed. But, damn, you know when that roster came out, Dak should, put his head down and was like, fuck. 100%. I'm going against I mean, the number one defense. I, I don't know if you watched the hard knocks for no. the Cowboys. I've only watched two episodes, but man, they talk about Dak at the very beginning and they talk about his two surgeries and all that kind of stuff. And man, you're right. Like you have to be thinking if you're Dak Prescott, you have to have that little guy, that, that little man, like the back of your head, you know, just thinking, fuck, I hope this doesn't, this doesn't happen again. Right. Because, that's all you can think of. The only thing you can remember is the last time you were on that field and how yep. that felt 
and and what happened and, and all. Especially and, to be on the role he was on. I know we've talked about it many times on the show that he was on MVP route. Oh, and hundred percent. He taking away. He led the league. So he played what? He played three games, three and a half games. He led the league in passing, and he was hurt. He led the league in passing until week seven. Like right. that's how that's how much of a role he was on. So, so I, I, I don't know. I hope you're wrong. I hope that Prescott doesn't even get touched in this game because right. you're right. I want to see what a healthy Dak Prescott can do with a pretty good offensive line, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Blake Jarwin healthy for a full year, and hopefully Zeke can get back to 1,200-yard form and we could really see what this offense can do. I mean – I think Mike McCarthy is an offensive genius. I, I'm probably one of the few people that really liked the hire of Mike McCarthy. Um, he got fired in Green Bay, obviously, but he won a Super Bowl there. And then he took a year off. And I really like that. Not, not a lot of coaches take a year off. They usually jump right back into the saddle. And they're like, oh, I got to find another job. I got to be a coordinator. I got to do something. Mike McCarthy was like, no, I'm going to take a step back, reevaluate what I've been doing and find out what actually works. And then that way he was able to pick, almost pick whatever job he wanted. And he wanted to be a Cowboys coach. So, I mean, the only job I think he probably wanted more than being a Cowboys coach was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they've only had coach. They've only had three coaches in the last 40 years. So that job's not really going to come open very often, but What's better than being a Pittsburgh Steelers coach is, I guess, coaching for America's team. I don't know. But I want to see what he can do with a healthy offense. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the defense is better. I don't think it will be. But and we'll see. That's the problem, right? The We can talk all day about the glories of what's on the offensive side because, that to me, that's an all-pro team at almost every position, right? On offense, yes. Yes, um, but the tight, tight end's a little suspect, but I mean, I'm with you on everywhere else. Who's that? I said the tight end is a little suspect, but I'm with yes, you. Yes. Um, but again, I think that if Dak is healthy, we see a better Blake Jarwin 100%, or 100%. whoever the other guy was Schultz or something. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think Schultz is only in there because Blake Jarwin got hurt. I'm pretty sure Jarwin's the starting guy. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just getting it like, so the defense is no pun intended, the Achilles heel of this fucking team, right? Like, no matter what they draft, their defensive coordinators can't get the system right. I don't understand it. When you have uh, Van Der Esch, you have Micah Parsons now, uh, Jalen Smith. Dude, for real. To me, just Jalen Smith and Micah Parsons, that's enough right there. Right. You have a top-tier defense. You just can't put the pieces together. It's like, I, I don't understand it. Um. Hopefully they've done something right. I haven't looked at their coaches changes or anything as far as defensive, but we we see what they're doing. A lot of experts are still putting the Cowboys at eight and nine this season. I've seen some lower. I have yet to see a single one except for like Cowboy forums to where they put Cowboys winning the East. Yeah. So, well, I mean, no offense to the East, but I think eight and nine does win that division. Well, I. One of the ones I read this morning, they have Washington winning at nine and eight. So Washington could win. Uh, obviously, they won last year at seven and nine. So I, it is possible they could repeat. They do have a, a better quarterback situation this time. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the journeyman quarterback. But 
Other than they were firing it out with Alex Smith towards the end. What what, was that, Ian? They were firing it out with Alex Smith for a minute. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, with regards to the rest of the team, the quarterback position may not be the greatest, but with McLaurin and Logan Thomas and uh, the running back, Gibson. uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson, like, those are great players. So, and then they added, uh, uh, what the hell? What's the wide receiver thing they added? Samuel? Is that who they added? Uh, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. I mean, there's no reason why this team shouldn't succeed offensively. We know what their defense can do because they've drafted, you know, in the top five for the last 500 years. So their front seven is phenomenal. And, you know, this, this team, they're forced to be reckoned with. I think if they actually get, you know, some substance from the quarterback position, they could be pretty damn good, and their defense, we already know, is better than the Cowboys. So Right. Well, let's go back to Thursday night's game. Uh, let's flip it to the other side of, with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. I mean, um, what can Tom you say Brady, guys? Tom Brady coming into his 900th season. Yeah. Um, and they did an interview with him, and he said he still throws the football like he's 24. Right. And, and like, I, don't, I never even doubted it. I read the headline, and I was like, yeah, makes sense. I don't know if you watched any of his off-season workouts or any of the clips that have come out on that, but the dude is still doing, like, basic workouts to yeah. keep the fundamentals pure. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of respect for that. For him to be, what is he, 43? Uh, I think he'll be 44 in the middle of the season. 43. Four, he's Matter of fact, he's 40. He just turned 44 on August 3rd. Okay, so um, there you go. Yeah, I knew he was turning 44. 44, soon, and the dude still – he still looks like he's in his late 20s, early 30s, physically and just how he plays the game. So I, I think we're going to see the usual Tom Brady that comes out. Um, I – I said it last year, and I'm saying it this year. I'm not impressed with their depth chart, though, because of the fact like you, their wide receiver core is good, but they're getting up there in age, with the exception of Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Football-wise, I'm speaking. Well, Antonio, I mean, uh, uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are pretty young. Uh, let's see. Godwin's 25. Yeah. Evans, I want to say, is 30, 28. So, so I mean, so they're they're pretty. I just young. feel That's like he's been in the league for so goddamn long, it, and Mike Evans is another like what we talked about on the last episode with Mike Trout. You always think he's hurt, but then you look at his stats. He's like, oh wow, he actually played a full season, right? And um, you're like, oh shit, he did have a thousand receiving yards, right? Yeah, last um, year, uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both had a thousand receiving yards quietly. I, I want to say their downfall on the offense is probably the running game. Uh, I believe they have Leonard Fournette as their well, starting running you know, back. It depends, right? We saw Leonard Fournette come on in the playoffs. Finally. He, right. No, I mean, I'm with you. Like he, He'd been shit. He was basically a bust mm-hmm. until he started showing up in the playoffs. But him and Ronald Jones, that's a tough one-two combination. And we've already said on the podcast several times, if you don't have a one-two punch, you don't have a running game unless you have Dalvin Cook or unless you have Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott from a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, if you don't have a one-two punch, you don't have a running game. And they have probably one of, if not the best, one-two punch at running back because Leonard Fournette is definitely the in-between the tackles, you know, pound the football, and then Ronald Jones is a great change of pace. He's a fast guy. But he's very powerful between the tackles as well. So, I mean, well, I feel I like think, that might be a bright spot because 
what I've seen in quarterbacks, once they get older, they need a better running game and they definitely need a better tight end. And, I mean, he's got a pretty good relationship with Ron Gronkowski. We've seen what they've done together. Yes. But I think you're going you're gonna to be surprised by the running game in Tampa Bay. This well, you, you, with that being said, I think the only reason why they're shining is you've got to look at how they've drafted. In 2018, third round, they got Alex Kappa for uh, left guard. Phenomenal. And then in 2020, they picked up Tristan, I can't pronounce the last name, Wirfs? W-I-R-F-S. Okay. Um, they got him in the first round with 13th pick. And I think those two right there are key elements that have boosted that offense to make those running backs shine because Ronald Jones has been in the league since 2018, and we're just now talking about him, right? Well, Leonard yeah, Fournette's I mean, been in the league since 2016, 2017, and he's just now shining. So yeah. getting these key components for their offensive line, I think, is helping them out tremendously. Um and you can't negate the other side with Ali uh, Marpet on left guard, and then you've got Donovan Smith at left tackle. Um, Donovan Smith has been around since 2015. Uh, he's He's been somewhat of a household name as far as when it comes to tackles, but he hasn't been like a top-tier tackle that everybody knows, really wants to talk about because you don't hear so much <laughs> about his, the money and being paid on it. But um, they got Ryan Jensen at center. Ryan Jensen has been around since 2013. Uh, they, I want to say he was drafted with Baltimore. Um, he, he's no joke. I I think what Tampa Bay did with picking up Tom Brady and picking up all these key wide receivers that were free agent and they got them for cheap too. Um, like you, to me, you look at this team and it's almost like what the Lakers are doing with like the geriatric farm that they're building out there. Um, (laughs) You look at this team, and they're old names because they've been in the league for a while, right? There, there's nobody that they drafted that was like a high-caliber player like Jamar Chase or Najee Harris or anything. You get what I'm saying with that? Yeah. Um, you're, you're, getting, you're getting an all-star team built that some would say was a little too late, but you look at last season, they won it all with the old guys, and I think they're probably going to repeat again this year. Um, I, I'm going to stop you short there. I don't think they repeat. Um, they're a very good team. They are returning all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the first team to do it in the salary cap era. So they're going to be very good. Um, but we have to remember that last year, um, while they did win the Super Bowl, they were not very good in the regular season. There was a time where they were seven and five and we thought, man, maybe this experiment is not going to work. You know, obviously they put it together and we saw the run that they made, but that's, it's very tough to repeat in the NFL. It is. I understand that it's Tom Brady and you're never supposed to bet against him. And I learned my lesson in the Super Bowl, and I bet against him because I'm an idiot, but he's 44 years old. I mean, he, if he gets hit the wrong way, his body's not going to hold up like it used to when he was younger. Well, and, I, you know, I we just saw told that you with the Peyton protection Manning. that he has. Peyton Manning set records his second year in Denver, like NFL records, you know, and he got dinged up one time in the leg and it never healed. He constantly had problems with that ankle and that, that calf for two seasons. And then, I mean, yeah, they ended up winning the Super Bowl, but they won the Super Bowl you know, basically like carrying him across the finish line, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. So granted, 
Tampa Bay has a very good defense, right? They brought back very good. Uh, they brought back Shaq. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. They brought back Shaq Barrett, Levante David, uh, and Dominican Sue is there again. I mean, they also they drafted the Antoine Winfield guy. Uh, they got they just got they have got all pros at every key position. So I understand that they have a defense that can carry an aging quarterback that's not performing as well. But now they've got to do it all season. So I think they can. It's very possible. Like, I'm not doubting. Like, I don't want to say it's it's completely out of the realm of possibilities because clearly it's not. I'm just saying that this might be they, – they're not going to make the Super Bowl. I'll just go ahead and say it. They're not going to make the wow. Super Bowl this year. I, I think Bruce Arian knows what he's dealing with as far as an aging quarterback and – I mean, I listed off the O-line for you, and I think they got them and they've got it embedded in their head that this is our, our savior here. You have to do everything to keep him alive. Right. And I think they're going to do that. And you also also look at the speed that they have on the offense as far as wide receivers. Antonio Brown, still fast. Fast. I can't even talk this morning. <laughs> uh, Chris Godwin, fast. Mike Evans, fast. Ron Gronkowski, is just Gronk. No, um, not fast. <laughs> right. But he also can run the short route, come across the middle. Tom can release the ball just as fast as Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or some of these younger quarterbacks. Well, I think even faster because he's got – he knows what to anticipate. He knows what to expect. Think about and this. He, that makes him better. He has played the, every single fucking team in the league. He knows every single fucking defense. His – his eagle eye right now is sharper <laughs> than anybody else's right now. Eagle eye, a little Red Dead Redemption there, huh? He <clears throat> he is going to be able to pick apart a defense with like it's it's second nature to him. Yeah, he's going to find the holes. He's going to look at the layouts when he walks up to the line, and yeah. he's going to go, "All right, we need to change this because this is coming." He's a fucking fortune teller. He looks at I mean, everything. You're right. I'm I'm not disagreeing. Like, there's nothing that you said that is wrong. The only thing that's going to drop the ball is if the rest of the players can't do their jobs. That's it. Tom Brady knows what to do. Tom what? Brady's been doing it for 75 years. And right. is going to come out and do it again. And if the rest of the players can't do what they're supposed to, he's going to get into their ass. But also, at the same time, he's going to make them look good. I mean, I agree with everything that you said, but I think that, they will get beat in the NFC. I don't even know if they'll make it to the NFC Championship game. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, Green Bay is the team in the NFC. Nope. Hands down. Nope. That's where I'm at. Nope. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna anoint Tom Brady the end all be all. He shows up and that we'll just go ahead and pencil him in the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna do that. Uh Right now, I'm going to say it. Uh, it's probably going to change as the the season progresses. But right now, looking at everybody else, there there's nobody that stands out that says, "Oh, this might be a challenge." I want to go with you on Green Bay. I really do. Um, I don't think so. I think something's going to fall apart within the organization to where Aaron Rodgers just doesn't look good this year. I'm not saying he's going to be the worst quarterback in the league, but I don't see him having. MVP caliber like he did last year. He's going to win MVP just to give management in Green Bay the finger. See, I don't think so. I, he's been he's been that vindictive guy his entire career. He was like that in UC at UCLA when he got drafted or not UCLA, 
Did you yeah. say that or is it Cal? Either way, whatever. When he came out of college and he came into the draft, remember, he was pissed. And he said he's going to make all the other teams wish they would have drafted him. And he's done that so far. I, I think uh, the Rams and the Niners are Ooh, the ones that are. What about the Niners? God. Yes. I, I think those two teams, one of those two teams are going to be in the NFC Championship against Tampa Bay. And if Tampa Bay plays the Niners, that's that's where the coin's going to be flipped because I think the defense for the Niners is just as good as the ones for Tampa Bay. But I we're not talking about that right now. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about week one, NFL, Cowboys, Tampa Bay. Who are you taking? To win the game outright, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, what's the score? Um, well, it depends on the Cowboys' defense. I'm going to say uh, 24-20 Tampa Ooh. Bay. I'm going 31-10 Tampa Bay. Now, I'm going to bet on the Cowboys, and I'm going to take the points. Um, the fact that Zach Martin's not there, and I want to say they're one of their tackles, starting tackles aren't playing, uh, I think the rush defense is going to be too much for Dak to where he's going to make a lot of mistakes, being X amount of games out of the, out of the uh, system. Um I think McCarthy's going to get overwhelmed by how much pressure keeps coming at Dak, um, and they're just going to make mistakes. And then the defense, like you said, is something that is just a, a huge question mark right now. Yeah, yeah. Adding Micah Parsons on there helps you, but does it help you fix all your problems? No. no, I mean he's not like the silver bullet. They had a lot of issues, right? But I feel like that he does make the defense better. Um, we kind of saw how they played differently when Sean Lee was in as opposed to when he wasn't. And all that was was a linebacker. So I would say Micah Parsons is on the level of Sean Lee with like intelligence and instinct. Um, there's a reason why he was drafted in the first round and he came from Penn state. So I'm thinking he may not be the silver bullet, but the defense will look completely different with him in the lineup. Like you said, they've got the line at uh, Dallas plus eight. Over-under, I'm seeing is 52. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going under on that game. I think so, too. I think you have to go under. I just think the defenses are going to be good. I, I really think that Tom Brady's going to come out and just have this domination. Just Well, right. Like, see, we, were saying, we were saying to take the under, and it's possible that Tom Brady's going to come out and be like, oh, you think I'm old and I'm 44? And they drop a 50-burger on the Cowboys. If they drop a 50-burger on the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a lot to be concerned about throughout the I season. I agree with you. Uh, again, like, that's scary right there. Yeah. Um, hopefully we have this out before Thursday. Y'all, y'all let us know what you think, what your predictions are. I know we have a lot of Cowboy fans that are probably cussing us out. Um, but you know what? I'm just trying to be real. If if it was old me, if it was old Ed, I'd be talking shit about the Cowboys left and right. But, you know, I've grown up since then, uh, unlike some of y'all. And uh, I, I have respect for the Cowboys. I have respect for the, the players that they have. Uh, just don't come at me. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. If the Cowboys win, I don't want to hear, we're going to Super Bowl. Oh, you already know that's going to happen. If the Cowboys win, the Dallas is going to – already have a parade going on Friday. The only time um, that I will accept Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl talk is if it's week 12 and the Cowboys have 10 wins. I won't even do it then because we've had it to where they've gone 
to the playoffs and then they shit the bed. Well, what I'm saying is like, at least then then it's, it's attainable, right? right? If you're in week 12 and you're going for win seven, I don't want to hear it. Bro, there were people, Cowboy fans, they went 0-4 in the uh, preseason. They're like, oh, you ain't got to worry about that. That's just preseason. We're already in the Super Bowl. Y'all need to watch out. I'm like, come yeah, but those, on. Those aren't, those aren't the come on. Those aren't, like, there are factions of fans of, like that in every fan base. They're not real. They're not the ones that we talk to. This so is I'm true. not these, even going to hear that. These are ones that don't even watch the game. They may have it on, but they're getting so drunk that they're not paying attention to what's going on. They wake up the next morning and they go, oh, we got to win? <laughs> Fucking Super Bowl, baby. Right. Fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, they're the kind of people that wake up in the morning, hey, Alexa, what was the <laughs> Cowboys score? And they're like, oh, the Cowboys won? I guess we're going to the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. I hear yours went off in the background. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I this is another game to where no matter who wins, I'm going to be okay with the outcome. Um, because I'm I'm excited about the Cowboys. I want to see how they do this season. I want to see a full healthy Dak. I, I want to see that Jerry paid the money correctly. Um, I mean, we, regardless, Jerry paid the money to Dak correctly. Dak we hope so, that. right? Well, he deserved like, that money. He fucking earned it. Well. We same thing as I mentioned with with Tom Brady and that O line. Dallas's O line had the same fucking talk. Like, hey, we just dropped a fuck ton of money on this quarterback. Y'all need to protect his ass. Only problem is, like we mentioned, Zach Martin being out. We're gonna see Dak rush some more. So now we're gonna see if that ankle holds up. Uh, he's one shot away from blowing up, and we never see Dak Prescott. It's a Tony Romo story all over again, right? Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, y'all let us know. Let us let us know your outcomes. I know probably ninety percent of y'all are going to say Cowboys, which it is what it is. But I hope y'all come down to earth after the game and start reevaluating. But hey, you're allowed to be a fan, though. I mean, we're we're talking like it's not possible that the Cowboys could win this game. They can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, they okay. can't. Okay. I mean, I'm not disagreeing uh, with you at all. I I don't think the Cowboys win this game. If if. If Dallas was playing any other team, I would say yes. Now, I, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to be shocked for Thursday night, Friday morning, if the Cowboys come out and win this game. I, yeah, me too. I, I think a lot of the world is going to be uh, shocked. Everyone that does not live inside Dallas-Fort Worth would be shocked. They have shocked. the money line at 278 plus for Dallas. Wow. I like. I kind of want to take it just in case. There's right? no way that happens. No way. I kind of want to take it. I mean, like, I almost want to put, like, a weird bet on it. Like, I'd shave my beard, but I know better. I'm not doing that. How about this? No. If the cow... <laughs> no. If the cow... If the Cowboys win, you have to do mutton chops. No. That's stupid. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not even gonna not even gonna put it out there. Not even gonna put it out there in the universe because then it should happen. Okay, good. if the Cowboys win, I'll do mutton chops with you. I'm not. I'm not agreeing to any of that shit. No fucking way. It's just hair. It grows back. No. no. Not right. doing that. All right. Look, we have my wife would hate it if I shaved my beard. It grows back. Yeah, but like you know, for a grow a or whatever, she'd be giving me a hard time. Can you grow a mullet? If the Cowboys why would, win, why would any self-respecting man grow a mullet? I don't know. 
I mean, I know it's popular with like high school kids and college baseball players, but like those people are weird anyway. I don't know. I mean, I I had one in fifth grade because that's what. Yeah, my but you did. didn't get to pick your haircut back this then. That's true. So that that was not your fault. As long Would as you, you ever... didn't have a rat tail, if you had a fucking rat tail, that's your fault. Would you ever do a reverse mullet? Or no, no it's not what a reverse mullet. Re- reverse mohawk. Reverse mohawk. Where you just shave the, the middle of my head? Yeah. No, my head's lopsided. That looked funny. Would you ever do? If you put it up to a bet, lost a bet to where you have to do a horseshoe. <laughs> no, because I'd be afraid my hair would never fucking come back. But you always wear a hat. So, I mean. Well, yeah, but like when you go to, you know, any important function, you can't wear a fucking hat. Like work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even imagine like getting the. Uh, oh, my God. That would be so bad. Like. What about if you just grow out your bangs and then shave the rest? You know, that actually was a popular haircut when we were fresh. Throw it down here and then comb it backwards. <laughs> yeah, slick it back. Right. No, I'm not doing that shit either. Now, like, I'll do, I'll do like, the pain stuff. Like, we talked about shooting each other with a freaking aerosol gun. Well, um, I think since it's back, how about this? If the Cowboys win, you and I will, uh, on a later episode, do the one-chip challenge together. Oh, if the Cowboys win, Zach and I will do the one chip challenge together. Yeah, we will. That, we'll record that shit on here. We'll here. We'll do it. Like we'll do our open, and then we'll play the music. And while the music's playing, we'll eat the chip. Oh Lord! And then we'll try to do the rest of the podcast. All right. If Cowboys win, we're doing a one chip challenge. I'm ordering them right now. Fuck. Yep. Come on, Tom Brady. Don't let me down. <laughs> Well, guys, we appreciate y'all listening to this episode of Two Wanna Be Athletes Talk Sports. You know where to find us on all things social media. We're uh, trying to go out and do some recordings out live. If we do, we're going to post them. Y'all come join us. Y'all continue to give give us y'all's feedback as far as the show or any topic that we post on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pornhub, wherever, right? Oh, yeah. We um, love the interaction from the fans, from the people. We're, we're going to start an OnlyFans page, uh, so you can find us on there. That's news to me, but I'm down. Oh, you didn't get that memo in the meeting? No, but I mean, I'm in. Secretary, you suck! <laughs> Sorry, I'm about That's to fire right. my, my intern. Hey, speaking of suck, uh, give a shout out to a super fan. Happy birthday, yes. G. G, Giovanni. Happy birthday, homeboy. This is Who Want to Be Athletes Talk Sports. I'm Ed. I'm Zach. And we'll see you on the flip side, assholes. Always a go. Yeah.